This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Resolute Square. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list, which was rather extensive and continually being updated. Democrats want Republicans dead. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. No, it's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson. And this is The Enemies List. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Enemies List. I'm your host, Rick Wilson, and joining me today is a very old friend of mine, Rena Shaw. Rena and I have known each other for a long time now. We go back to being the some of the OG never-Trumpers who were out there in the dim and distant past of the, the old Republican Party. And I am so happy she's with me today. Um, Rena is is a is a very very smart observer of our politics and a wise counselor to a lot of folks about how to navigate what's going on in the world and in D.C. And I'm so delighted to have you on the show today, my friend. Rick, so good to be with you. Thank you, thank you. It has been a minute, and I am so happy to see you. And folks, Rena and I met um, back in 2016. When, when the Never Trump movement was really struggling, there were very few of us. Nobody knew what to do. We worked together on Evan McMullen trying to find some way to disrupt Trump at the last minute. And as you guys all know, did not work out. But um, we stayed in the fight and Rena stayed in the fight. And and I, so I want to talk to you today a little bit. Let's let's kick off by this moment we're seeing in Washington right now that that I want to get your feelings on it of just this complete like abdication now. They've sort of given up. They know Trump's coming back as the nominee. But in the House and the Senate right now, it is just it it's depressing to watch them collapse over and over and over again. And you know, you pointed out the other like it, like when Ken Buck said, "Okay, I'm out. I'm not going to I'm not going to put up with this anymore." They only seem to get courage when they're headed out the door. That's right. Is it the dose of courage they need that comes from just knowing that history is not going to be kind to them? These members of Congress that showed Trump exactly who they were. They're no better than lemmings following each other off a cliff. And I think our valiant effort, Rick, wow, it's hard to believe it will be almost a decade. And I think the fatigue. Oh, oh, I, I feel it. <laughs> You don't show it, but I feel it. it. Um, (laughs) I like to think we're aging in reverse because we've actually managed to be happy despite everything we went through. I know. That's the bizarre thing. How do you find happiness in so much loss? And um, look, people always say, how do you keep up with losing so much? I'm like, it's not about W's or L's for me. It's about what's at stake. And you know, I have kids. You have kids. You were the best kind of 
just guide for me because my kid was only what not even six months old baby when I met. you had a baby baby yeah i was holding her in my arms when you you were a voice through a phone that i was just desperate to talk to anybody and you were you were the strategist for me when i did what i did that uh, before the summer even my gosh it was early spring when i became the first elected delegate to buck trump and you know obviously the washington post blew up my career uh thank you wapo but you know <laughs> We stand vindicated. I mean, for being, from being called the poster girl for the never Trump movement to going on to win and get a, a decision that was like, what, nine to zero of all these RNC committee men and committee women across the country who were like, dude, what you're doing to her is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, so there were there were there have been wins. Right. But when you go inside like we did into the belly of the beast. It's hard to come out normal. And I think I think we've managed that. Yeah, I mean, look, it is it is one of those things where uh, I so people are like they ask me, like, well, what did you you gave up this business you built for 30 years? You did all I'm like, you know what I got now? I sleep at night. That's right. I, I sleep great. I used to sleep three or four hours a night and I was always like like ratcheted. And and as every year that's passed, it's not because I'm getting older and more mellow. It's because yeah. I have greater moral clarity about the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's it is like they're walking out the door, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh no, I'm one of the good guys." But yeah. you know, uh, a lot of these folks right now they are standing at a moment where where on on three big issues, I think they're going to have a historical judgment on them that is that's going to make some of the Trump stuff look like a warm-up act. They're yeah. about to let Ukraine get taken by Putin. That's right. They're about to let the border stay wide open. If they if they're if they if they believe the border is the crisis of crises, then they will do nothing on it. Oh, that's an answer. And on and on aid to Israel, they're going to do the same thing. This whole these these three these three storylines, I don't think they understand just how bad the judgment of history is going to be. And Rick, and you know what we were already up against when I came to you as a two-time staffer for two Republicans within the House that, frankly, were too far right of me. Um, you knew that I, I saw the process and we were already grappling with a do-nothing party label. Right. The, the fact that we would always scream no without any kind of solution. Fast forward to now, again, a decade later from when I started my own little consultancy, the one that I thought I could do and, and really serve these members well, doing just the general stuff. But in, in doing that general stuff of forming talking points for them, building their websites, I started to see what what is it that these people want? They wanted fame. They were so desperate for relevancy because they were coming to public life, not because it was some noble cause. They were coming to enrich themselves because they knew the minute you finish within the House or Senate, you can get a cushy six-figure job. You think they were going to go get that right back in Pensacola or up in Warren, New Jersey? I mean, you couldn't do that unless you wielded some degree of power. And these are members that I served. And look, I always respect my elders. I come from a culture where we do that, Indian culture, where it was hard for me to start criticizing people that were double my age. But I could see right through them. Capitol Hill is filled with them today, brimming with these people that are willing to do these hypocritical actions simply to stick it to the other side and continue that playbook of demonize the Democrats. When we were coming up in this thing, we believed in the Constitution, the rule of law, limited government, all these things that that now it's like, what do they believe in? They believe in trolling. They believe in Fox News hits. They believe in you know, screaming, I'm being canceled louder than the other guy. It just strikes me as, 
that's what I always wonder. It's like uh, some of them will confess to me still occasionally, not like that used to be. It used to be I, I would talk to tons of people that I had either elected or I was friends with or I knew through various relationships who were on the Hill, the House and the Senate. And now it's a very small <laughs> – now it's a, a count them on one hand, people that I still know there that I talk to at, at all. But it's all off the record. It's all living in fear. And that's to me, that to me is like one of the things that like I, I look at American democracy yeah. and it was always supposed to be this vibrant public engagement. And now it's this like either they're psychotic and they believe the, the, the garbage yeah. or they're hidden so far down the food chain. It, like I can't say anything. I'll lose my seat. I mean there are things, folks, more important than keeping your seat. Yeah, and I think that's for me from going from a smattering of principled folks that I could call up directly to now going to meet people that I know I'm in direct contrast with, yet we Mm -hmm. still say we're in the same party. People always ask me that. How are you comfortable being around these Republicans who who don't like you or who, frankly, never wanted you in the party? And I say, actually, you know, I'm not that old. I just I just turned 40 and um, I can still go right back to a time where I can say that these people wanted me in the room. They didn't care if I was younger or brown or the kid of immigrants. In fact, those were the things that they were sort of like, okay, that's cool. Those are your identity boxes, but what do you know? What are we going to do together? What do we believe in? It was those values that brought us together. And as a kid of immigrants, I was all about that experiment. Like this is the place where patches of things come together and we sew them together because this is this great adventure that our founders wanted us to go on this seeking a more perfect union it's going to be messy it's going to be imperfect it's going to make you think that the the founders never wanted you there in the first place i always push back on that rick because i came up in a in in a congress serving both these members where enough conservatives were telling me that where i internalized it so i i don't i don't I can't jive with this current party in its current form, but I know it's on life support. And if those of us who know how it works, I mean, I've served on executive committees within state party. I've done everything that a foot soldier within the party does volunteered until my eyes were blue. (laughs) Like, you know, it's, it's like, if you don't get the people who've tapped in and understand it to try to fix it, then you just can't go anywhere. So, so I don't believe in retreating. I, I, I'm screw that. I'll sit right next to my enemy and be like, I'm not going to leave. I won't leave. You leave. Support for Rick Wilson's The Enemies List comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software, or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash Wilson. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Wilson. Odoo. Modern management made simple. You know, it's funny because I, I have had those conversations with people and it's just like, a person that I've known for a long time called me a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago, and said, you know, I know we haven't talked for a couple of years, but uh, why, why is it they fucking can't kill you? He goes, no, you guys you guys keep coming back. You keep coming back. And I'm like, are you referring to me or never Trump or Lincoln yeah. or what? He goes, all of it, all of it. All why of do it. all of you people keep coming? It's like – it's, and this is a person who is a lobbyist in D.C., a person who has – publicly taken on the red hat 
um, privately tried to help Tim Scott and Nikki and other people this year. And it was interesting because when I'm talking to him, I heard this sound in his voice. And again, this is a person who who's on the Hill all the time, knows all these people. And it, it, this, this tone of like, you know, it's like he's talking to aliens from another planet now. Yeah. He has yeah. to go in there and say things like, well, this is an America first policy for whatever client. Oh, and, and, and if there's a bigger lie in the, in the Republican world today than America first, I don't know what it is. It, it's nonsense. You and I both know that we see right through these people. We've always seen through them. And I submit to you, they're slightly envious of us because we oh, did this sure. years ago. 100%. And they're feeling it now. They're feeling that burn now. I'm like, how's it feel? How do you like them apples? Because, yeah. you know, we've been out here fighting this beast for a long time. Oh, and now, Susie, come lately, you want to express your frustration. You want to say to me years down the line, you know, I really was in awe of what you did. I really admired you. Well, it right. would have been nice to hear that when we were in the thick of it. And I, think I wish I could part- have given up my 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 comfortable seven-figure job in D.C. to stand with you guys. Well, the rest of us gave up our comfortable jobs, folks. <laughs> they, they tried to take our livelihoods, and they, when I say, yeah. I mean, when I saw Manafort and Cops for the first time, uh, you know, I think, Rick, you're one of the only people that can get tears out of me in a way that's, like, embarrassing. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I say that because I'm, like, supposed to be this strong person that doesn't cry, but you have seen me really break down. Um, it reminded me of election night 2016 when when you and some, you, you really held me and you tried to get me to see that it was going to be okay. And and that was really big for me. But when I saw Manafort and Cuffs, I, that, I, I broke down the same way because I just knew he and those cronies were behind it. They they wanted every they wanted to rob us of everything. And frankly, they did. But screw sure. it. We're still happy. We're still here. We're still centered. We're still telling the enemies. That's fine. Come sit next to me. I'm the, I'm the one who belongs here. You may not. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. You know, it's funny. I told somebody, a very, very senior DeSantis person the other day who called me up and we'd seen each other a few times, like in the late fall. And I kept saying, why don't you just bring the plane in for a landing? Just stop. It's over. We all know it. (laughs) And, and uh, I talked to this guy the other day and he's like, I'm like, listen, there is no like membership application for this movement. All you have to do is say, okay, I tried my best against, you know, we tried to beat him one way. All you have to do is just denounce the guy. All you have to do is just join the join this group of people that are on the right side of history, and you'll feel better. I yeah. mean that 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 stress, and I see that when I'm up in D.C. and I see people that 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 have you know played the Trump game. There's just like a darkness about them, and it's not evil. It's just like they're beaten down. They're just like collaborators or something. Because I see them, and I'm just like I feel bad for you people. You know what? Because uh, it, it, it's not at the end of the day. At the, about just the money. It's not at the end of the day just about whether you're the deputy undersecretary for toilet seat standards in the Department of Commerce or whatever it is. It's about a sense of integrity and principle. And I get people a lot of times who are like, oh, you're a Democrat. You're a progressive. Now I'm like, 
the fuck is wrong with you people? Do you pay no attention to me at all? That's right. Uh, it's like it's like you you can be a principal conservative and oppose nationalist authoritarianism. And people around the world see that. As, as I steered my practice towards geopolitical risk, that is the one thing that I get from these activist CEOs and, and others who are in their C-suites is – is it okay to be this way? Isn't it like, you know, they, they look at me differently now. I mean, it's a, it's a wonder what four years, a difference it makes, but, um, you know, I don't have to be the one to tell you that. I think, I think everybody knows that there, there does come a day that these people on the right who were, who've been carrying water for Trump and who oscillate even, they'll get the judgment that's coming to them. And you know what I see a lot in, in them, two things. When I start to talk to them, when we peel back those layers and we peel away the niceties, um, they, they're, they're angry. They get crazy eyed. They get oh, the yeah. crazy oh, look in their yeah. eyes. Oh yes. <laughs> and the women, man, Ooh, the women that I see when I bring up Biden, right. I mean, this was a little worse, obviously right before 2020. I mean, it was like, it's like you hit a switch with these people. They couldn't they couldn't have a rational conversation with you anymore. And that's when you knew this was like this was is this a cult? You know, this is the same way. We we all know this. I and mean, we we've, we've done enough there have been enough think pieces. There's been an, there have been enough experts who've assessed the situation. Why can't the American right get itself together to peel away at least the people that have brains, desire, stamina? to take this to another level. And I mean, I, I'm afraid to evoke her name here, but I I have started to see Nikki Haley with these things. Not only does she have the money, but she has a desire and the stamina. And look, is she perfect? No, I didn't. I dogged her real hard for years. I didn't want to sure. see her. I wanted nothing to do with her. Even at, towards the start of the debate season, I was like, whatever, I am not pro Nikki. Right now, I still haven't endorsed her. I don't really care. You know, whatever shakes out happens. Right. Um, I, I, I hope for the best. I, I would like to see somebody rational, practical with an R next to their name. But is she that person? Because here she goes. Every day of the week, there's there's a, a situation in which she sticks her foot in her mouth. And I'm thinking to myself, how are we going to do better if we don't clone that and then start to make that group of people better so they take control of the party? Long way of saying change is possible. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't think she – I think she's still missing something very important. I don't think she's reading her own exit polls out of Iowa and New Hampshire where 80 percent of her voters are saying, nope, not going to vote for Trump. That should say to her something amazing. And yes, I know the Super Tuesday process coming up and I know the states coming up are very, very stacked against her. I know how hard she's fighting right now. I get it. I admire it. I don't have to love Nikki Haley like you said, and I have to agree with her on everything right now because she does she does act you know kind of kind of crap the bed every other day, but she's missing the point that people were calling out to her saying, "Listen, we may not be the majority, but there's a lot of us." Lead. This is why people mm -hmm. admire Liz yeah. because you know what? She's like, "Fuck it, I'll burn it all down. If I don't, if I don't have a job down, tomorrow, please. I don't have a job tomorrow. But I'm going to do the right thing." Yeah. And so, you know, Haley making this case against Trump over and over and over again. If I were her, I'd be making the case to Republican women right now against Trump. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would just basically say, listen, guys, he's an adjudicated rapist. Mm -hmm. And I don't care where you are in the party. There's no excuse for it. None. That's right. I'm a woman. I'm a mom. I'm, I'm a leader. I'm not going to do it. I hope she'll stay tough um, in, the coming, in the coming couple of weeks that she still probably has. I mean, the money will start to 
to run out. If she loses South Carolina, that's the ball game, you know, and, and, and it's not, I'm not optimistic about any of it, but I, but I do think she's got a moment here where the damage she can do to Trump, the, the, the power she can deliver in terms of, of communicating with voters, you know, while that attention is on her, she should, she should use every, every ounce of her energy to, to drive it and drive it and drive it. And and go full on Armageddon in a way that if you yeah. and I were next to her, we would say, let's do it, right? But you've got oh, yeah. to wonder who's with her right now. You know, she's got the Mid-Atlantic Power Center. She's got their money. You've made excellent points all along the way. I was really pleased to hear, um, actually, just I think this morning or last night, uh, the days are running together, that yeah. Liz Cheney is now saying, I, I said on CNN just last week that I felt that Nikki should stay through Super Tuesday. What, what's the big, okay, even if it's terrible in South Carolina and she gets embarrassed, it's going to be embarrassing. It can be. Sure. Uh, she can live off the land for a couple weeks. Sure. And that's Liz Cheney came out and said, I think she should stay through Super Tuesday. So I felt kind of good. I was like, okay, Liz, we're, we're on the same page here because why not? If there are two people that know electoral math and delegate math better than you and I, uh, please show yourself. There's right? not a big list. Not, not a big list. Yeah. So we get it. You and I get it. And so I think knowing what we know, we... I can tell you my personal sense is that just stay through Super Tuesday. Be embarrassed again if it's another embarrassment. Who cares? But go out on a high note saying you tried. And that's, again, my personal bias showing because we did it that way. And here we are still happy, still smiling, still standing. And and I would also say doing better than even eight years ago. Right. And and as I I texted this to somebody last night, I said, as an old Clash fan, this is the guns of Brixton question. When they kick in the front door, how are you going to come? With your hands on your head or on the trigger of your gun? You know, look, I expected DeSantis to do exactly what he did. Sulk off, be a pissy little bitch. "Ah." He endorses Trump, but it's like passive aggressive, goes home, kicks the dog, whatever. Chris Christie was never going to go anywhere anyway, so I sort of washed it out. Vivek was was just like applying for a job with Trump. And so when you get down to it, Haley turns out to be the only serious person who was in this race. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I hope she takes that responsibility seriously, you know, for the next couple of weeks uh, or, or a little longer. And again, you're right. She could, she could stretch it out. You don't have to run a full campaign at that point. You're not going to run any more ads. You, you, yeah. you basically have to downsize to, you know, running and gunning. But there's an, there's an example of that in history when John McCain was getting his ass beat and shrank That's his right. campaign down to like 10 people and came back in New Hampshire. So there's a lot of ways to, to skin that cat, yeah. but yeah. So as the primary ends, which, you know, it's going to end, um, what are you following in terms of like big things you see shaping the battlefield ahead between Trump and Biden as we go into 2024? Oh, man, you know, so this was really fun for me because yesterday I got to do a really fun program on the BBC that's about an hour long. And we go through all the kind of headlines of the day and it keeps me nimble. It's good. It's challenging for me in the in the realm of geopolitical analysis and that I got to I got to be tapping the pulse of what's happening out east. Right. And, And I'm not talking about my ancestral home of India. I actually don't focus on South Asia much at all. I've been really focused in the MENA region. So Middle Eastern, uh, Middle East, North Africa region for about 
six years roughly now, but one thing I'm paying attention to globally that I think has implications domestically is everything that's going on with Viktor Orban in Hungary um, and everything that's happening with the EU. So I, mean, I know we're here on a pod. This is not the news of the exact day. Right, but without right. saying too much, I think, um, you know, you and I have have watched the American right absolutely start foaming at the mouth over Orban. I mean, the visits people have made out there to Budapest and, and to watch him go from this like just it's so weird yeah i mean orban was just a regular politician who has now become this ideologue by by choice so i think we ought to be watching what's happening over there because putin orban eu i mean we've got geopolitical tension obviously gaza israel ukraine russia every yemen the houthis my it's like where where today but watch this if we care at all about authoritarianism getting imported here man oh man that's what i i care about and i'm watching the relationships deepen who's in the ecosystem how does this stuff seep in if trump does go on to become that presumptive nominee that the rnc wants to go ahead and call him apparently but you know whatever here we are it is it is still february 2024 i'm gonna say Trump, the absolutely abhorrent individual that he is, I can't, sometimes I can't even like, I wake up in the morning and if his face is in my head, I'm like, do I need to go see a spiritual healer? (laughs) 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 I haven't really thought about like how to get that man out of my head. And I I mean, our friend Charlie Sykes is like, I gotta stop thinking Trump, Trump, Trump. So Charlie pulling away from the bulwark, I kind of know what he's talking about. When you wake up with this man's name and face in your mind, you're like, shit, you know, but, but, but really people say that this campaign is way more sophisticated now. Oh, there's Bush people in it. You know, the people leading it are such high caliber badasses. And eh, you and I don't care about that stuff anymore. We know that stuff can fail too. So I always keep the door open. It always, look, Trump is always the worst enemy of the, uh, you can have the greatest campaign minds in the universe and Trump's behavior will still always go off the rails. And, and just like with lawyers, you know, you can have the best lawyers in, in America. He doesn't, but he, he could. Um, and it will always go off the rails. So listen, Rena Shah, I want to thank you so much for coming on the enemies list. Where can people find you on social media? Oh man, I'm still in DC. I'm still living in the swamp. So I'm Rena in DC everywhere. R I N A I N D C on, on all the fun stuff. Find me, yell at me, whatever. If you're one of Rick's friends, you're a friend of mine. That, absolutely. The same in reverse, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rena. We really appreciate you. And we will talk again very soon. Sounds good, Rick. Thank you. Hey, so today, folks, this is an easy one. Um, I want to talk uh, and place on the enemies list all of the people who, for the last two and a half, three years, have been bitching and moaning and whining, oh, the Biden economy is so terrible. While we were recording this, we just turned out to have almost 400,000 new jobs created, 5.2% wage growth. That's a record in the last 50 years. Oil production is at an all-time high. Gas production, all-time high domestically. All the fantasy bullshit you people spout about the Trump economy was so good is just that. It was a fantasy. The Biden economy is roaring. It is killing it. It is kicking ass every day. 
And the people who down-talked it over and over and over and over again, including some people in the Democratic Party, I'm not going to lie, but a, these people on Wall Street, these, these, these bears and bullshitters, it's all been a lie to try to get Trump back in. The economy of Trump, even before COVID, was nowhere near as strong as the economy of Joe Biden. And that's a fact. And people who dispute that fact are on the enemies list. Thanks again for listening to The Enemies List. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at TheRickWilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah but you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.